0: We are back. We had a little bit of a hiatus, you know, busy holiday, PGA show, getting sick. One of us, Mike, has been playing a lot of golf. I have not been. I've mm-hmm. had a few shoots and things, but how you been?
1: Good. Yeah, we took a long break. It was kind of one of those things where it was very unintentional. The the first season, we did a very good job of like, all right, every Thursday. And man, like the holiday season, January, January. Like life really gets in the way sometimes. It does. I mean, you got to take care of that dog. Somebody's got to do it, you know? <laughs> She's the real money maker of the family. She is the real money maker of the family.
0: We know how that so, goes.
1: What uh, we have had some exciting things happen personally during the month that has been off. But I think you more than me. Uh, so let's do a quick review of Jeremy in the month of January.
0: January came out strong. It's one of those, uh, I joke with my wife and I said, if by January 8th, I feel like I've peaked in the entire year. Um, what do I do from there? And this is my golf life peaking, nothing to do with work. Um, so I got the big invite. I got the, uh, invite everyone dreams of through a friend. The, the invite, um, so went over on january 7th and played old barnwell again they i got it they're gonna they're gonna tell me to stop coming at some point because i'm not a member (laughs) at old barnwell my best friend is and i'm very lucky to get to go out there all the time um so went over played old barnwell again had another amazing time great crew out there beautiful course i will never stop talking about how great old barnwell is because it is the best and then spent the night in Augusta at a little Airbnb, and then woke up the next morning and played uh, that other course in Augusta that gets a lot of hype around April. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so I won't uh, I won't dive into details
1: because I know there's a lot of like hush hush, and you want to you know make sure that you're you're open to the ability of getting back there, but just
0: one, the hype is high. Is it accurate? It is so accurate. And look, I grew up in Georgia. For me, living here, it's always a thing. If I'm out of town and I play, if I'm playing golf with someone and they're like, if I say I'm from Georgia, they're like, oh, have you played Augusta? Always is a joke. And now, now I get to say yes. Yes. And that is just real special to me. Mm -hmm. And it is just like a life, and I played terrible. We don't even need to get into that. Still getting over some back issues but I smiled the entire time I was there. It is just an all around unbelievable experience. The best caddy I've ever had in my life. They work as this like amazing team, all four of them. It is just as green in January as it is in April. They it's amazing. put a rye grass down. It is a winter golf course. People don't realize that. It's, a lot of people don't realize it's closed in the summer and they let mm-hmm. it die during the summer so you go out there and just to be out there with almost no one else we were the last group off the first hole and like walking up 13 and then being on 14 and looking back at nothing no people no one and just the most beautiful scene and it was just like a moment that i will remember forever and if I don't ever get back, I don't care. I am so happy I got to experience it. And my my best friend that I was with, it was his second time and he played great also, which made, it made me happy because the first time he went, he didn't play well and he'd always thought about it. And now he got to go back and play great. And I got to watch him, like he birdied number four, the long par three, made like a 10 foot birdie putt on that. And it's just like, The moment he did that, he just like relaxed and then just kept playing great the rest of the time. And it was just such a cool, amazing, fun experience. And getting to share it with a friend and like, I cannot say enough good things. And I'm so thankful for him and the person that was able to take us out there. And it was just an incredible, incredible experience. So I don't want to go into too much detail, but... Then I did a little shopping in the pro shop, my sweet hat right here okay. that I got. Um, so let's
1: follow up. Let's follow up. Next question. Uh, over, un- under $1,500 spent in
0: the pro shop. Ooh, just under. Oh. Just, I honestly spent more money on you than I did on me. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I think I bought more stuff for other people friends that I wanted to get a hat for whatever it was. I think I bought more for other people than I bought myself.
1: Yes. Well, I'm very appreciative of what you grabbed me, which will be shipping soon. The next question I have for you is you obviously did not bring a camera. No.
0: No cameras. How is it
1: walking how is it walking that golf course, you know, without your camera? Are you Scoping out places for a master's practice round, we're like, "Oh, that would be a cool view." Are you not even thinking about it? Like, what was the mindset from a photographer on that golf course, but actually playing golf? I
0: did not think about it once, to be honest. I was never tr- were you like, "Oh, that would be a sweet shot right there." Nope. I was trying to take it in. I was just, tr- I was just knowing that this may be this only the only time I get to experience this, and I was just trying to appreciate the moments and walk through it and just being able to walk in some areas that only players get to walk in and see those views and that's that was my focus i i decided ahead of time i'm like i'm not gonna even think about it i want to enjoy it and just have this for me so that was what i tried to do that's awesome that's awesome
1: i love that well i'm happy for you bud (laughs) i told everybody they're like oh man it's so sick i'm like I am so happy for him. It's such an awesome experience. I was like, it and I get to talk to him about it all the time. So you you did that, played some golf, and then you were out at the PGA show. How much yep. hype? People were asking about the Snapbook podcast. I mean,
0: it was the talk of the town, huh? Look, we I I talked to multiple people about it. I'm not like we, there was some discussion about it with multiple different people. I was there to help my buddies at Penfold. They had a great booth this year. They did a little 10 by 10 booth. It was one of the best designed of the small booths at the show. They had some vintage ads up Sunday bags, things like that. It was really for me, I was helping them talking up some things for them, but then also just reconnecting with people. People that I haven't seen in a while, Tom Coyne, Foster and Casey, all the Golfer's Journal crew, the Seamus crew, Akbar, like such a good dude. Mm -hmm. And just like reconnecting with some people that I haven't seen in a while and, you know, talking to a few people, is there some brands that I could potentially work for and some stuff may come out of this. And that's what I was trying to focus on while I was there.
1: Good. That's awesome. I'm assuming that you walked around and saw some stuff. What was the one booth that was maybe like a new booth, a new brand, whatever it may be, that popped out to you that now has your attention?
0: Not really a new brand for me, but the Eastside Golf guys were there. And Eastside, they're buddies of mine. I know them from here in Atlanta, but they had a booth for the first time this year. And to see how far they've come where Elijah one drew his own logo. And now that Jordan's and everything else, and they had their own booth and they were just, everyone was going over there. I was talking to Elijah one at one time and Charlie Sifford Jr. walks up and wants to meet him. And so it's like East sides was great. Um, besides that, it was nice to see all the big manufacturers again, everyone except for maybe tailor-made was there. Titleist foot like, all the big club brands were there doing their thing. Oh, the one that I saw that I was really impressed by was a, the women's brand, For All. F-O-R-E, All. Okay, yeah. And they just, they did it right. They had a nice looking booth. They do like this nice green checker, pat, green and white checker pattern. Mm-hmm. And... It was one where I feel like there's a lot of times women's golf clothing specifically always misses the mark. And I feel Mm -hmm. like there's this very specific, very specific look, but it was a good look. And I appreciated that, that they were like picking something and going with it and not just throwing a bunch of like crazy patterns or like, I feel like so many of those clothing brands where it's just like ridiculous, ugly patterns all the time. I can't handle it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I don't need a bunch of like crazy bright like the loudmouth pants and all that type of stuff. I'm just <laughs> honestly pins and aces. I didn't like. I don't. I, I same thing for them. It's like I just I feel like all of that kind of goes into one market where it's like, oh, yeah. I'm here to go on the golf course and get wasted, and <laughs> yeah, and that's just that's just not my that's not my vibe. But I know it's for someone. But it was good. It was good to just go to the show again. I missed it last year, and just reconnect with people. And a yeah. few people, I I met Cameron, young young kid that you've played golf with. We're gonna have him on mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, Matt Cardis, I haven't seen him in a while, and yeah. so reconnected with him. We're gonna hey, we're gonna have him on. So yeah, we're just lining up. Jeff Marsh came over. He had been shooting the LPGA event. And he came over yeah. to hang out. He was just texting me right now, actually. Oh, there you go. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. So next year you're coming down. Yes. Next gonna, year I'll go. I'll be there. We are going to do a podcast from the show. Oh, I like that. I've already set it up. We can do it from the floor. Oh, okay. Are we just going to yeah. walk
1: around with microphones in our hands and just talk to
0: people? No, we're going to get some people to come to us, but we're going to like schedule it. We'll like schedule an interview in person at the booth. I love it. That'd be great. Yeah so plan on that for next year
1: okay 2020
0: wow 2025 i know it's crazy i I was writing the date on something earlier and i thought the same thing i was like oh shit it's already here <laughs> 11 months away cannot believe that so i don't know yeah that's that's crazy well is
1: that it that's been your month of the
0: the january of jeremy yeah, and then I came home and I got a cold, which it's kind of, I've been to CES many years in the past for work, and there's a thing called the CES flu that everyone flies in to, to Las Vegas from all over the world, and everyone gets sick. I kind of think it was a similar scenario, go to Orlando, get a cold from someone, so I've been kind of mm-hmm. useless for the last few days, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, then I have just some other potential work things coming up. I have a shoot in a couple weeks for the, uh, another portrait shoot. Um, Jeff and I were texting. I might cover something for him. Um, have some potential things in the work with the golf ball gallery photos, uh, either something for B. or that was another thing. I got to hand some prints to buyers of course from courses. So Ooh, that was cool. Yeah. And, and some big ones and, it was nice because they were coming to the pinfold booth to meet with them about custom bags or other things. And I was there to help. And then I got to hand them a print to offer that for them also. Yeah. So that was big. It's a yeah. big, like, and I'm talking like USGA, the masters, buyers, people like that. Yeah. So it was like all the high end people were coming over there, which was nice.
1: God, wouldn't it be awesome to get your print? I mean, I feel like if they put your print in pro shops or you know, master's tents or whatever, like that would, they'd be, they'd sell it in a second.
0: Well, and we have, I've already been working some other angles for the masters. 2025 is the big one. It's the anniversary of the Gene Sarazen double Eagle in 1935. So it'll be the 90th anniversary of that. That golf ball is in the trophy room and I've already started the works to potentially go and maybe shoot that one. I don't know yet. We'll see. It's a pipe dream. It's always been the one I've wanted to shoot and it's, a little closer than it was. Let's put it that way. Well,
1: will you have to like pull it out of the case and put it in proper like setting. Like how, when you take the pictures of the golf balls, we never actually even talked about it. When you take a picture of the golf ball, what, like, what is this looking like? Because like new balls got that urethane cover. So they shine really good. So what are you doing when you're shooting a ball to make a print? So I
0: built a rig in my office actually, because I want it to be the same every time. So I built this thing that folds down off of the wall and put the tripod mount. I screwed it into the stud of the wall so it can, the camera will always go in the same spot. And then Mm -hmm. an arm pops up and the flash is a single flash goes onto that. So the camera's pointing straight down. Mm -hmm. The ball is on a rubber T that's on a magnet. So I can move it a little bit if I need to pointing straight up. So the logo is facing up Mm -hmm. and then I focus because if you did one shot, the bottom will be out of focus. I actually take about 12 photos per golf ball and Mm. focus down as I go. And that way the whole thing's in focus. And then in Photoshop, you put those together and make it one photo yeah it's a lot that's what a lot of people have never realized that it's a lot more in depth than just like oh here's a picture of a golf ball um yeah and then sometimes like you say the glare there's always a glare on it that I end up photoshopping out and just going in or I shoot a different exposure to get rid of it um like and some of the older ones are actually harder because if they have like cracked covers because yeah. I want to make sure it still looks like that So Uh it's like the cracked cover. I'm like getting in there and like making sure that when I Photoshop it, it still looks like that as opposed to this like being perfectly clean. Yeah. So yeah. It's an in-depth process. That's a very in-depth process. I was
1: under the assumption you kind of had like all of these just stock images that you have shot of all these different golf balls. And then you just basically Photoshop a logo out and slap it on another ball. But you're actually taking a picture. Every ball that you have a print of is an actual golf ball with that actual logo.
0: I would say 90% of them. There have been a few where I've taken a logo, uh, going back to Jeff Marsh, Restoration Club. I took his logo that Dave Bayesden made and put it Mm -hmm. on a, a really vintage ball to make it look older. Mm. So there are some where I have done a custom one that way, but mm-hmm. I would say 90% of them are, I have a physical golf ball that I'm photographing. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I'm you know, really annoyed. Might... I just learned that the camera, because I hand focus it, like I take a take a shutter, focus it down a little bit. I just learned the camera will do it automatically and will go from one point to the next like you can set a, a first shot and a last shot and hit a button and it'll go through all of them for you. And I'm like so annoyed that I didn't know that till right now.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, God.
1: Well, at least you found out yeah. that um, that might actually be. Have you done that as a reel to show like. Hyperlapsing you like taking the photos and then maybe doing a screen recording of you like how you go through that and then like at the end you could do the
0: picture of the golf ball. I haven't. I will do that because that's someone else had to- said that before. I need to do it. I have not done it.
1: Yeah, that'd be really cool. Just so other people can see like what it actually takes to make something that cool. That so many people would just be like, "Oh, that you know, that's really cool." Like like me, it's like, "Oh, he just takes a a logo and slaps it on a ball, and you know, he's got." five thousand stock golf ball images that he pulls from it's like no it's way more in depth than doing something like that
0: and then sometimes it's like some of them have yellowed a lot and i'll, I'll tweak that color back a little bit i like the vintage ones more than i like the real the new ones like i would yeah. much rather have an old school i'm working on one right now that's a 1905 it's the first golf ball with dimples really um, yeah it's a spall where, where do you find these balls so Luckily, there was a guy that lives over near Lake Oconee that I looked on eBay and I saw where he was and I bought a ball from him. And I reached out to him. I was like, hey, like, I will buy this one really expensive one, the Varden Flyer from 1899, 1900, Spalding. And I was like, if I buy this one, will you let me come and pick out a bunch from your collection to photograph and then I'll just photograph them and give them back to you? And he's like, yeah, come on over. And I need to reach back out to him because he probably had... Five thousand golf balls at his house, and all, like, and I'm talking vintage ones. They these weren't new; these were all old school. He had gutties, he had like all the old ones. That the one, this one, the original dimple was his. And I filled up a storage container with golf balls and brought it home. And the, that was before I had built that structure that I shoot on now, and sat back here in my back house and shot them. Yeah,
1: so. If you got the opportunity to do the one at Augusta, obviously you're not gonna be able to take that home and use your rig. Yeah. So what and I'm assuming it's in some type of glass case where you can't mm-hmm. get behind. So if they say, Yeah, you can do it, but it it just has to stay where it's at, like do you have a plan in, in place to be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna take care of it?
0: Yeah, I have a plan. Um it's I've seen it. I have I have been in the room with it. It is is a case that could be opened. And I'm hoping that would be the case. Most courses like that have an archivist of some sort that keeps all that memorabilia and stores it. So it would be a discussion with them of maybe they're the one that handles it. Any type of museum piece, you always let someone else handle it. If you can help it is sure. the best, yeah. best way to deal with that. Um, cause it's even sitting on a little kind of like a trophy stand type thing. Mm-hmm. But th- then I have another thing that I just got, it just came in a turnstile that I'm going to attempt another way of shooting finally that I've been thinking about. And it just got here. Oh, like, we talked about this. Yeah. So it, it, it got in and now I'm now that I'm over my cold, I'm going to start uh, testing with that. Uh, hopefully this next week. That'll be awesome. Uh, you said a
1: flash. Is this like a speed flash, a stationary flash? Like, you know, what, what kind of lighting are
0: you using? So it's a, Oh, uh, it's a pro photo b two. so it's a little separate pack with a separate head. Um, okay pretty small, not a ton of power because I'm really close to the subject anyways. It's like I'm yeah, the flash is seriously like a foot away from it, so I don't even max out the power on it. But, okay. And yeah. this is a
1: speed flash. so when you hit the shutter, it pops or this light's always on,
0: yeah, it's like yeah, when it has a remote pocket wizard on the camera. so when I hit it, it goes off. Okay. And that, am I saying that right? That is a speed flash? A uh, speed flash would normally just be the ones that attach to the camera. Um,
1: uh, okay. This is an external off the camera. Yeah. That fires when you
0: fire. Yeah. So I would just, it's just like a strobe. Yeah, okay. A strobe is yeah, the best strobe, way to describe okay. it. Yeah. Versus a constant LED or something like that. Yeah. We got through that one. That works. <laughs> hey, it's a learning process. <laughs> Everyone has to. Everyone has to figure these things out. It's different for every person, and also in the golf world and in sports photography, it's not something that's used a lot. Most people don't use strobes <laughs> when they're shooting these things because you can't. Um, yeah. So it's like I come from a world where I use strobes all the time, all my yeah. portraits, all the things I'm doing in the studio. So it. I know it really well, and I am happy to help teach anyone else how to use it because I'm still learning all these things, but it's like, I want other people to do it better too. I think this is going
1: to be a topic that we're going to have. I want to break down lighting in general and talk about, okay, you have a speed light or whatever, an on-camera light that fires and you fire, you have an external that fires and you fire, and then you have something like a loom cube or like the big studio ones that have the casing around them and maneuver and how to use those all efficiently from like putting light right on a person, how do you backlight somebody so you don't get like weird off shadows that are behind me right now. Lighting has, is something that I'm just so intrigued by and I'm going to start to learn how to do more. Um, but it, yeah, I just want to learn all of it because it's, it's so important when doing stuff.
0: It is. And it's, it makes a big difference. And like, I was noticing what one of the brands that I saw that do really nice head covers, the head covers that I think are really well made. And then I looked at their catalog down at the show. And I was like, the photos in this catalog are not good. It's, it's just the lighting wasn't good on it. It wasn't showing off their product to the level it should be because it's a very high-end leather, nice-looking stuff. And then when you open their catalog, it's kind of flat lighting and doesn't really give a, like depth to it. And, and you don't think that
1: was a creative decision? You just think that was somebody who just maybe doesn't understand
0: how to do it? It looked to me like it was someone that bought one of those boxes that you can put a product in on white yep, and just shoot it in that where it's going to be super flat and just nothing to it. And I think that there's an opportunity to shoot these things. And make it look more interesting is what it comes down to. And and look, that's also me looking at it and being hypercritical because that's what I do for a living. And most people would be like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. But yeah. that that's just something I've noticed a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I um, because we've had this
1: conversation. So I know who the brand is, and I'm on the website now looking and I'm understanding what you're saying. Um in regards to it. And it looks like in some of the photos, you can actually see like where the driver is in the actual driver cover because you can kind of see where the leather is stretching Mm -hmm. and the light is hitting it like more bright on the top and then like kind of duller down towards the bottom like yeah i guess what you're saying is that it's not as even across the head cover um as you would like to see it
0: yeah and i mean look when you do nicer product photos you end up like i have a thing of pillow stuffing that you can go buy for like pillows or stuffed animals whatever oh. it may be and you go get that from michael's or whatever it may wherever you find it i shove that in there and stuff it to make it look like it's nice and full and tight so there's no wrinkles in it and that,
1: oh, that's a great idea
0: and that's where like that's something i noticed that they just throw stuff up there and took a picture of it and didn't worry about it so, like I said, it it just, all I'm thinking about is elevating things a little bit more. It doesn't have yeah. to, like, it's fine what's happening, but you could always go a little bit more. I do it with hats. I will stuff that stuffing inside of hats and it can make a difference on certain styles of hats. They just don't have enough texture to it or n- enough firmness to it. Yeah. And, and that will help. Oh, that
1: is... Okay, that's, uh, I, I did never thought about using that. So a light bulb just went like off.
0: Yeah, it makes a right. big, big difference. Or even when you're shooting like a folded shirt or something like that, don't just fold it. If you can get a piece of cardboard that's the right size and fold it around that, it gives it a little more structure. And that way, everything lays a little flatter. Huh i just i love this you just learn something new every day (laughs)
1: that's what we're here for we're here to learn we we and honestly like we kind of pre-talked this one through this wasn't even remotely a part of the conversation not even a little bit all hippie organic baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) but let's talk about your round of golf that you just played 36 holes down in the peninsula well i got
1: i got a I got a couple things I want to cover here before we jump okay. into yesterday okay. or last week's round.
0: Um, a couple
1: things that I want to revisit from our last podcast that we did. So one of my goals this year is to be more organized within my stuff and not just shoving everything in a book bag. So I got the case that slides underneath my bed. It's a hard case. It's a soft case with a hard top. Um, I can't re- recall the name of the company right now, but I got it. You can customize the inside on how you want it. I absolutely love it. Um, it is freaking awesome, And I will find out the name as I talk through this. Uh, I remember you talking about that I and I, an yeah, and I, I think it's
0: it's a joke that my wife bought this product years ago for our old place. It was called the Shoes Under. And it was like this, it was yeah. the same idea with yes. shoes that go underneath, but it just fell apart immediately. But what you bought was a nice product that's properly designed for this.
1: Yes. Yeah. I actually remember those things because um, we had similar ones because we do storage underneath the bed and it was like that, like, I don't know, it's not like, it's like that clear plastic yep. and then it was like some like cheap canvas with, with like cardboard in there. Mm-hmm. So if it got stuck at all and you pulled it or like the zipper ripped or whatever, yeah, those things, but no, this is actually um, really, really nice. I will find out the name and we can highlight it here. It just is escaping me, but highly recommend that. Second thing is I decided that this year would be the year that I would be taking my editing a little bit more serious. I signed up for the Benjamin Hardman editing class. So he's a photographer out of Iceland um he does incredible work you know anything from landscape to uh animals having a subject in there to volcanoes whatever it may be um but going through and he's he's not saying like hey this is how you need to edit everything but he's helping you create your own style of editing and i i get conversations a lot of like Oh, well, how do you do your process from like taking it off of your SD card and then getting it to the editing room? And he goes through that as well, as far as like, hey, this is what you can do. Take it off your SD, put your raws onto your external, you know, plug your external into your computer, go into Lightroom, pull them from there your editing put your editing back on your external so on and so forth but he he talks about the whole process start to finish and he does a little bit of video stuff in there too um melanie is taking it with me as well so we're doing it together but yeah we're very excited we've gotten through i think the first two sessions that he does um and i'm like using old photos and going back to them and creating like a subfolder saying you know, new editing process, and I'm almost like re editing old photos. So I'm thinking of doing some type of post that shows like my raw photo, my, hey, I just know how to like barely do anything in Lightroom photo edit. And then like, uh, this is my editing process now that I've kind of lived through a couple years of figuring out Lightroom, and then going through this guy's course. So highly recommend it if you want to get a flavor for what he does he did a great um youtube with peter mckinnon where he talks about it it was really cool one to watch but we are in the process of doing that as well so those are the two things that i was like gotta get this going and i got him going
0: and i'm stoked on it i love that and now on those classes because i'm very interested especially for landscape stuff i we talked about this it's like how deep does it get into like layer mask and like are are you there yet or is it like is it going to get a lot of that and is it all lightroom classic or does he get into photoshop or anything else uh he it's lightroom specific
1: but he says basically any version of lightroom that you use he these concepts go with it and the masking is massive like that's where he lives as far as Making basically creating artificial light and then moving light in different directions, which has been interesting for me because now I'm paying so much more close attention to where the light, it not necessarily where light is when I'm shooting, but where the sun is. Is it on my right side? Is it my left side? Is it behind me? Like so, as I'm going through maybe doing these editings, I can take that in consideration. And I'm using my hands and nobody can see, but it's very, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying watching it. It's <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's it's now things that i'm taking into consideration of okay the light is on my right side when i took this photo like i can think about that as i'm going through the editing process if i want to create artificial light and like put light you know shadows in different places so that's yeah but
0: masking all of that he just dives real deep into it i love that i need to look into that or a similar thing just because i use more photoshop when i get into it but because I think that that makes a huge difference on land, difference on landscape photos specifically, of adding depth and layers to it when mm-hmm. you can mask off certain areas and do it a certain way, and I would like to get better at it as well. Yeah, masking is it was a scary
1: thing for me at the start, like because I felt like I was trying to do too much with it instead of realizing that s- subtle subtle tweaks with mask make a big difference
0: yeah it really does because you can just control the foreground and make it a little bit darker and then take some color out of it so your focus is on whatever you want your focus to go to and where you lead the eye into the right right spot yep yep yeah yeah yep that's it that's exactly what it is so that that's been huge
1: so yeah and then not shooting a whole lot but starting to put ideas out there and get things going i've had a couple opportunities pop up always doing stuff with Stonebray. always trying to figure out how to create new stuff with them the challenge is a good challenge is that i've walked around i've taken so many photos of that place i've done so many different things now i'm having to challenge myself with okay you know you had to quote-unquote stay employed so how do we get different photos out of the same golf course because you know, we've taken so many pictures of hole 12, how do we do it in a different way? So I'm very excited for that part of it. And then also doing more like events and more of their pro shop stuff this year um, is going to be really cool. And then I also got asked by a teaching facility out here called NorCal Golf Academy. Um, He wants me to help him with his uh, video stuff for his website, very subtle, not a lot of editing, not a lot of crazy video work, and then um, photography items as well. So he does not have good lighting in there, admittedly. So I'm trying to figure out like <clears throat> how what is the best way to kind of light this area and show it off uh, while I'm there. We talked a little bit about it because Sims are tough. Um, they're terrible just like dark lighting boxes. Always. Yeah, yeah, dark boxes with a blown out screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really tough to balance good sim photography. I've done some in town, and specifically when you're dealing with track man, certain, certain of them, they have to have a spotlight where the ball is. So then you have a bright spot right there and then you have darker spots around and it just, it creates a weird thing and they always try to keep light out of there. Um, So yeah, it'll be, that'll be another one where a tripod might help and then you do a shot of the screen and layer it later separate. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a balance to get that done exactly right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed.
1: Agreed. And then, yeah, a little bit of golf during the month of January, if I can remember. But yesterday, yesterday was the big day. Yesterday, we got to mark off the last of the two golf courses at Monterey Peninsula Country Club, which was the Shores. Yep. Um, originally done by uh, Mike Strance. So huge Mike Strance guy. But it was a tough, tough, <laughs> tough day winds were blowing greens had to be rolling at i don't know call it in 18.5 not honestly but it was it felt like it it, that way um well just for
0: reference for everyone it was hard this is the day of the at&t pro-am the wednesday that they did not let fans come to the course and watch mm-hmm. because the the wind and the storm and conditions were going to be bad enough that they they said no fans that day and you went out yep. and played a few miles away 30 36 holes yeah <laughs> i mean probably probably 2 miles away yeah, yeah this was
1: the same day that Fino hit a driver into number 7 at yep. pebble yeah cuz it was so bad yeah it was it was tough but windy um luckily we got in all 36 holes uh, without getting rained on hard, we got a little bit on 17 and 18 on our last round, but not terribly bad. Uh, I'll say this. Your boy is out of shape in a bad way. <laughs> I like we were on, on 14, which is par three. On the other side of 17 mile right by. Uh, what's called bird rock so if you ever seen bird rock you've seen a t-box and then a green so that's a part three on the dunes that's number 14 i believe um i was like kind of doing the i don't know if that's not downward dog but like pushing my pelvis into the ground while arching my back and like hovering myself trying to somehow unlock my hip flexors because they were so 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 tight so yeah, and then I had a two-hour, it was probably a three-hour drive home where I had to sit with that for a while. It was tough. It was real tough, but I, I stuck on the old, you know, compression boots yesterday and today and came to the realization that it's probably time to start stretching. You're not getting younger and uh, I'm, you know, I'm not Benjamin Button, so yep.
0: it's tough. You're talking to the guy that now travels with a Theragun all the time. Oh. Um once I turned 40, I was like this is happening now. Yeah, I drove to Orlando because I ended up last minute changes and some things moved around so I ended up just driving down. So similar, I was on the show floor for 2 days, 3 days and then my feet and all of that and then I drove home and my back was just shot for a couple days. Um Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm with you. As soon as this cold's over, I'm going to hit back on the Peloton hard and um, try to get back in shape myself. There was a time before we knew each other that I would do crazy things like Ironmans and crazy triathlons, and that was before kids. And I need to find a little bit of that once again.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: gonna mm-hmm. bring a little bit back, not all of it, just a little bit. Just
1: a little bit, just yeah. a little bit.
0: Just enough to to feel good, right? Yeah, because you know Maybe. what I wanna do? I need the energy. This summer, I'm going to go to Sweetens Cove. And I'm sorry, Ty, if you hear this, I'm going to give him a heads up ahead of time. I'm going to beat his record for most holes played in a day. How, what's the record? I think it's like 160 something. Whoa. Um, but I'm going for it. I'm I'm going to go do it. I've already talked to, to Matt, the GM. He's like, yeah, let me know what day you want to do it. We'll get up here. We'll let you get out there early and tell everyone to stay out of your way. So that's 18 loops around Sweetens Cove. Yeah. Yeah. I've done dumber things. Let's just be very clear. I've done much dumber things in life, but I was like, I want this one. Um, So how many hours of playing if you do it? No, I'm
1: sure they'll have a solstice event there. So if you do it at or around the day of the solstice, you get probably how many hours of playing time. The lower 48 generally will receive between 15 and 16 hours of daylight on the summer solstice. So I'm just thinking as we're talking about this, and this is math. I'm not good at how long will each nine have to be to fit in 18
0: loops what, 45 and minutes and get a hundred 45 minutes per nine holes. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to say I'm playing from the tips or anything. The whole point, and I talked to Matt about this, you you get to whatever T box is the closest from where the green is. And it's the same thing we did in the hundred hole hike on the hundred hole hike, it was like uh, you get done and you go to the next T box that's moving you in the right direction, okay. I like that's a great. So okay.
1: so it's basically like you're not it's not like a scoring situation to where it's. You know, I got to play from set T box for all hundred and I just put down for 165 holes. So rough math, you you have to play each hole to roughly be about five minutes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're just moving it. You're, yeah.
1: you're just, you're just advancing the ball. You're just get to the ball, hit the ball. Yeah. Keep going. Get to the ball, hit the ball. So are you welcoming caddies to help carry your bag? Do that run with you? Sure.
0: I mean, I think there'll be a or lot of it a- that might be like one club scenario for like take a five iron and just knock it down through there. I know that course well enough. I can play it just iron. with the seven
1: iron. Yeah. yeah I, I, we did very, with just seven
0: irons. Very doable.
1: Very doable. Well, I think this would be a thing to properly document. So we should probably talk about the day and the time, and I should probably go ahead and come down for
0: it. I mean, I guess if you have to, I think that you need to just make the trip out. We gotta see when old Barnwell's closing for the summer. You gotta get in before that. Yeah, right.
1: plenty of trips all the time.
0: Plenty of time. All right, there's one other thing I want to talk Let's about see. before we go. Let's and talk about it. Full Swing Season 2 was announced. I just want yeah. to start this by saying I loved the first season of Full Swing. I know Agreed. the hardcore golfers had a bunch of issues with, oh, we're explaining the cut again, and this is what a birdie is. But I had never watched Formula 1 before Drive to Survive came out. Yes. And they explained all the rules on that. And it made me learn F1 more than I ever thought I would. So yes. if you look at it from that perspective of they're trying to bring new people to understand this game, I can get over it.
1: Right. So
0: big fan of it. I definitely teared up on multiple episodes last season. The female episode, the Joel Damon episode. Like there were tears. Not even going to hesitate on that. So they announced the new season and the key art comes out. And it is just... I'm just gonna say it, I don't, I, it's bad. It's just a bunch of golfers standing around, some of them trying to look heroic on a putt-putt course of sorts, but with private jets and, I'm, I have it, we'll, we'll we'll share this, but it's like they're on a little putt-putt course and there's private jets and mansions and Sunset Boulevard and things that I'm, it's just like they're trying for so much on it, but achieving nothing.
1: You yeah. Know? So look, I, I agree. It, it's very like, it does. I don't know. I, I'm with you. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Now I'm going to assume that each of these putt putt holes that they're all standing on. Cause Luke Donald's at the Ryder cup and Wyndham Clark standing on sunset Boulevard for LACC. And, you know, I, I get, there's probably some type of, resemblance or reason for all of these different holes the way that they are but knowing that your audience is everything from a hardcore golfer to a brand new watch season one golfer like i i don't get what a lot of these are like what's the point of i mean i I guess i get the private jet thing um but do we really need it on on a hole like being a hole or You know like what is rory standing on i i can assume that's augusta because of the flowers but you know is that supposed to be raised creek is a resemblance of what hole that's supposed to be and i I don't understand jt's like what clubhouse is that that.
0: like yeah and here's the thing i've worked in television for a long time and i know how these things come about where like Chad, mom, who is the executive producer, he may not have even have a say in this fully because sometimes there is an agency that comes in, pitches all this stuff, does everything and puts it out there. And so often in golf, and Christian Hafer has been great about calling it out, you have all these agencies come in that don't understand the game of golf and then do photo shoots or video shoots that anyone who knows the game was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why are they driving the cart on the green? Why are they using the wedge on the on the green? It's just like there's things that aren't logical to an actual golfer. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. me, this looks like a case where they said, we have to try to show everything. We have to put it all in there. Every little story. And I think if you look at great key art, simple is better. You don't have mm-hmm. to try to explain the whole plot of a movie or a TV show. You don't want to on the poster. You want to get something that gets you excited about it and makes you want to turn in to watch it. And look, I can say this. I've worked on some key art where I shot stuff that they didn't pick what I thought was the best thing. And then I see the key art and I'm like, oh, cool. That's what they did with that. That's not the picture I would have chosen. And ah, interesting. so there's, there's a lot of times where you don't get the say in it. And that's what I'm saying it could have come from a marketing team, someone that was not involved with it a hundred percent and they come in and put their stamp on it. They want to say that they were involved. Yeah. So I'm not criticizing the team from full swing. I think the season will be great. I just know that sometimes these things happen where here, look, we got to get every player in, or maybe some of these players said, I'll only be on the show. If I get to be in the key art that could happen. And I don't, I think less so in this type of scenario, I think their season one where it was just a golf ball was more effective. Personally, Mm -hmm. I think they could have done something else with that. And it's the same thing. I worry about the TGL and trying to be futuristic and different, but they haven't shown any of that. And I know that they're delayed for a year and everything's going to change on that. But try to be exciting and not just, oh, here's some guys standing around on a putt putt course. Isn't that gonna be exciting? And it's not. It's exciting in a simple way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, it's very, very, very busy. Like very even down to like I'm looking at the little stuff. Like you have Rory kind of overlapping Joel Damon a little bit. And then you have Joel's, you know, signature bucket full brim hat next to him and that's right under the arm of rory who's kind of standing in this like you said superhero pose um so like that whole center is like very busy and then like under damon's feet is the alligator and, and then you have you know Siwoo si kim um i believe that's Siwoo Kim, mm-hmm. ne- you know kind of behind rory it's like This center section is there's a ton going on. And it's kind of like, like with a picture, where is my attention going? Like, what am I looking at here? I'm kind of looking at everybody's faces, but I also see that there is a ton going down here at the bottom as well. And what is the picture next to Matt Fitzpatrick? Like, I'm going to assume that there's some importance around what looks to be like a par three. And then you kind of have just like Wyndham Clark all the way off to the side. And I think he had one of the coolest stories this year or the year of 2023 from a golfing perspective. So I don't know. Yeah. And I will also, I know, also but say I agree. it's
0: very busy. And I'll also say getting athletes to pose is not an easy thing. I remember cool. early on I did NASCAR portraits that was for TNT and all the drivers came to me to do portraits and we planned ahead of time to try to get them to do something else besides standing there with their arms crossed, because that's what everyone mm-hmm. will naturally do. If you give an athlete an opportunity, that's going to be their stance. So when they came in, we had a bunch of inspiration photos and this was a while ago. So it was some superhero type stuff, but that's how the look was going at the time. And like looking over a shoulder or doing some different things, holding their helmet weird, but you have to tell them exactly what to do. Otherwise, they're not going to do anything interesting. Yep. Yeah. And I feel
1: like that's just people in general. Like people in general, unless you're an actual model, like you're
0: very awkward in front of the camera. Yeah. Models, when you watch a good model pose, it's incredible. Like it is Mm -hmm. mesmerizing to watch them. You can find some on Instagram or YouTube of a video of model changing positions after each time the camera goes off. It's so much fun to see. And I've, I've had that a few times and it's just great. But, yeah, you have to yeah. talk these people into doing something or give them a very specific, hey, do this, and then you can get them to do it most of the time. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll have another key art. Maybe this is just their launch one. They'll do a different one. But I just would like to see something different than this. It's just too much is what it really comes down to. Too mm-hmm. much. and no- Agreed. It's too much and yet also nothing at all. <laughs> well just, let's
1: ask this what would well, let me ask this since you have done this before having the that cast of characters so you know who the people are off the top of your head what would your key art look like
0: i would never put all of these people in it i think having i mean what are there 10 people in there one tennis yeah. people golfers in there never have all of them in there's no reason you don't need to show everyone you need to show one of them doing something interesting. You could recreate one of them making a putt close up with the ball falling in the hole and they're in the background reacting to it. Something that adds excitement and tension or drama or something that's drawing you in, not just, oh, we're going to stand around and look at our mansions and private planes on our putt-putt courses. Like I think making it where you want to know what's happening as opposed to just looking at a bunch of guys standing there would be my Hmm. off the head. That's my first thought. What I would go to interesting. Okay. That's
1: good. That's good. Well, at least you have an answer
0: instead of just, you know, saying this, this is
1: not for me. Like you have what would look good for you. So I appreciate that.
0: My other one that I've been looking around at playing around with is some blur techniques. It's mostly in Photoshop. There are some ways to do it in camera, but like having some motion to things and making it more your job in key art is to make something better than it may be. I worked on a lot of reality shows where it was not good. And I will say that I was there, I was working on them, but (laughs) we would take photos with the goal of making the key art look really interesting. That's what marketing Mm. is. You want to make something look exciting and, people to come see it, even if it might be a reality show. So you guys
1: knew going into the reality show shoot, that this is what you wanted the key art to look like and that you were going to take, you were going to get this photo and plug it in this place on the marketing material.
0: A lot of times you go in with a handful of ideas. Some have been pre vetted by the talent. Some have not. and. Sometimes you go in there and be like, hey, this is what we're looking at. We've already done wardrobe. If there's a full-fledged idea, we've picked it all out. We know exactly what we're doing. Even to the point where there have been times where we have, say it's a cast of four people, shoot them all individually, never move the camera. They all have their spots, and then you put them in their places. And having that stuff going into it and thought out ahead of time is a better way to go about it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, some of this, I I know that a little bit of this was thought out. I mean, they wouldn't have had like the shot of Joel Damon leaning. That was thought out. They had to have something for him to lean on and sit back like that. So that tells me they did put thought into this, that this was maybe one of their ideas and there's probably multiple. And I also know that (laughs) sometimes you get these guys for two minutes and they will walk over and you have two minutes to get the photo you need. And in this case, it might not even be like, they could be playing a practice round and you get them after the practice round. You're set up for failure on these when it involves talent, but Hmm. you have to, a lot of time come with an idea and talk to them ahead of time. So just when they get there, say, okay, do this. Cause you know that you'll have a very short period of time. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, This was good. This was a good one. We're back, baby. We're back. We are back. Yeah, like I (laughs) I have drawings of like different key art ideas that we've done. Like we've sketched it out ahead of time. NBA on TNT guys, things like that, where it's like we knew what we were going to do because we know we get a short window with them. And you have to come in with an idea because they also have been doing it for so long. They're like, oh, why are we doing these photo shoots again? I'm like, hey, I want to make you guys look good. So that's the big thing is like I'm there to make people look their best and make people want to watch a show. So whatever it Mm -hmm. takes to get, that is the goal.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect.
0: Yeah. We got any other closing remarks that you want to bring up? No, I'm wait, one last thing. Did you see my, um, the golf cards that I got from the eighties from 1980, which ones are those? The other ones? No, this is an entire, I have a pack of them right here. I've been opening, I'm gonna open them. One a day is the 1980 Don Russ pro stars golf stars. I got an unopened box of them from who from where I found it. We won't talk about let's not let my wife know that I bought them. <laughs> um, unopened box. <laughs> These things are so great. It's everyone is technically a rookie card and we're talking Ben Crenshaw with amazing hair, fuzzy Zeller, Hill Irwin, Jerry Pate, Lee Trevino with like the, sombrero hat like all these amazing cards the jack nicholas is the one everyone wants and if you can find it and it's actually cut properly so i'm going to do an instagram i'm going to open a pack a day for 36 days and maybe give away some of them oh but here's the real question there's gum in every one of these an old yes i chewing remember gum. the old gum try it you I have mean,
1: to it's it's 40 years old yeah, you have no. You have to try it. Put it in your mouth right now. That's what she no,
0: said. No, no. I'm going to do it when I pull. If I pull the Nicholas card in good condition, I will eat the gum. How about that? Okay, but you should eat the gum anyway. No, it's going to be so <laughs> gross. It's going to be so <laughs> it's, nasty. It's, you're going to bite. It's going to crack your yeah. teeth
1: and or the gum, and then that's just going to be it. Like it's not.
0: Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna break it on. Let's see if you can hear it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't hear it.
0: Oh, it'll pick it up. It is. Yeah, it is. 44-year-old gum out of a pack of cards. That's older than me. Yeah, it's older than me. Um, That's true, yeah. I thought
1: you should use your rig setup, take a picture of each one of the cards, and then do a print of all the cards like next to each other. You already had the idea. Well, what
0: I've been doing is what I'll do for each Instagram post, because there's 67 cards in the set or something, I'm going to build a grid out all of yes them. so then at the end of each reel it'll pop up with which ones we have and which ones are needed
1: oh. so then that way you can but just even, see them like, all and then once you're done and you have the full grid like i yeah. bet people, i bet that'd be a print that people would want because like that old school pick you know old school card the legitimate yeah. card
0: and then all of them together so i don't that's sick yeah Yeah, so it was just a fun thing that I found. I was like, I need to get this. This is just something I miss, like opening baseball cards when I was a kid. Man, did you have the old binders, like the old binders
1: with the sleeves and they're like you double side each one? Yeah. Were you a big Beckett guy, too? Did you get the
0: Becketts to see what
1: your cards were worth?
0: I had all of them. And like I was in the Ken Griffey Jr. era. Luckily, my parents are still up in Marietta, not far from here, live in the same house. So I have some of my old ones floating around. So, Mm. yeah. Of course, that was the Mm -hmm. junk wax era, and everything is worth nothing because they made they printed so many cards at that time. Nothing's worth any money. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. Uh, But we're going to be back getting on a schedule. Get some more interviews. Jeff Marsh texts me. He is so busy right now with kids and he was shooting the LPGA event and then he's going back down for the Honda. So he's crazy, but we're going to get him in. We're going to lock him down. And, um,
1: yeah, let's get back at it. We're just going to get everybody. We're going to get back at it. I do want to say we got a discount code. Oh, look so at you. our favorite brushes that we love to use, the dimple and divot brushes, the hickory handles, the great bristles, the awesome, you know, uh, lanyards that connect to it. Snap hook 15 for 15% off your purchase. I love it. Look, We've made it.
0: We have made it. And next episode, we will talk about, I also did check out the new Precision Pro waterproof when I was at the show. I got some videos of it. We'll post those. Also a great friend of ours. And uh, let's get after it. Perfect. Keep snapping. Keep snapping.